Actually, um, I've been considering moving this chair over there and getting me like a like a desk or like a throne. Throne, yeah. Right here. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you need something that swivels. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Well, as much as you're in here, you need something <laughs> like that. We also each need a camera trained on us. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it switches back and forth according to who's talking. No, we ain't there yet. High dollar. We ain't there yet. Well, you're the video editor. Could you make that happen? If I had time, I could. We're filming tomorrow, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Krista, was, she's fired up about it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. To, whenever there's a camera around, it's hard to get her to get, you know, for to anybody else to get in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she canceled all plans tomorrow. Because the filming. You're not even on... We don't have any videos with Crystal on YouTube yet, do we? These? Oh, yeah. Well, these podcast ones. Everyone, welcome back to the 307 Podcast. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, we had a great team PT this morning. Uh, good workout, Krista. Krista pulled that one out of the hat. It was, uh, it was harder than I expected it to be, for yeah. sure. I think all that starting and stopping. So the workout this morning was, it was a partner workout, Team PT. We did, Blake and I were partners, Krista and Chili were partners on the track. We did 12 rounds. Um, each team did 12 rounds. And we would, started with 10 burpees. You'd run 100 meters, 10 air squats, run 100 meters, 10 push-ups, run 100 meters, 10 sit-ups run 100 meters for 12 laps, and um, it was good stuff. Blake and I, how did we beat you guys so bad? What was going on back there? <laughs> Me. <laughs> well, that's not true. I mean, what kind of question is that? I, I was just wondering. How did was... we beat you so bad? You you, you moved quicker. I mean. Well, what was slowing you guys down? We were focusing on our form. Oh, I will. I will tell you, Krista don't cheat nothing. No, so if she does a rep, it's gonna be a clean rep. That's for sure. Um, yeah, that was good stuff. And then the uh, the finisher at the end, the eight hundred meter race between Chili and I. Uh, dude, you what the heck, man? Once again, I thought you were what? retired. I am retired. That was retired pace. Definitely. What do you call my pace? <laughs> ha have no Crippled. business. Have no business trying to race me. That's what I call that. I mean, you obliterated me on that. Yeah. How? All right. Talk to me about strategy on an eight hundred meter race like that, because I obviously, well, obviously. You're faster than me. I think the listeners know that. In a short distance, you're faster than me. But what's the strategy? All distances. Do you blow? I mean, how are and you? No, they don't know that. They think you beat everybody at everything. <laughs> are you going really hard on the first lap? Or like, are you running the first lap conservative? And then if you want to, if you want to find the answers to these, you'll just have to, you'll just have to be personally coached by Coach Chili. Well, they have an opportunity to be personally coached by Coach Chili coming up in June. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about this, but Chili and I are putting on a two-day running camp 
in June. What are the dates for that, Chili? June 11th and 12th, Saturday and Sunday. June 11th and 12th on our favorite trails, and um, we'll get to spend two days together. We've got an awesome – actually, Chili built out an awesome schedule, and uh, I'm going to be there to help facilitate that training. Uh, but we've got a good mix of stuff, man. We've got hill repeats. We've got some longer trail runs. We've got some uh, some core stuff. We've got some mindset classes. Um, there's a lot packed into that run camp, man. I think so too. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be an awesome weekend. Like I said, this was my dream a long time ago to put something on like this. That's, I mean, relaxed in a way. You know, it's just, it's um. It's just a, a, a basically a training weekend to to get a lot out of, but not have to be super stressed the whole time. You know about worried about your performance or whatever. Like you're just coming to train. It's not a race or anything. It's where you're got your nerves built up and everything. This should just be a an enjoyable weekend to train and and hopefully learn a lot and and take a lot with you that you can work on when you're training by yourself after the camp uh, or when you're training with a group of people, I think it'll help you know how to do that better. Um, because, you know, a lot of people train alone and, and sometimes you get a lot more out of it. Uh, people do whenever they train with people. And I think that's another thing this, this weekend will do is help you do that better. I think it's also a great opportunity for people to just get some momentum going. Yeah. Right. Because it's early summer. Uh, there are a lot of, bigger races coming up in the fall and if you're leaning into your upcoming training block use this run camp uh with us to get that momentum going and uh, get you off on the right foot man i'm really looking forward to it so where can the people sign up if they want to enough said running.com enough said running.com and then how do they navigate to the run camp it's it's on a it's a drop down menu right well yeah if you're on your laptop on uh what desktop it um there it, you should see it you know there'll be a home page which has got all the information on the running course and then there's a tab at the top that has you know running course run camp all okay. that stuff so just navigate there on mobile i don't think it shows up but there's three bars you know just a menu and you'll see it there run running camp sweet i hope we see you guys at the run camp yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun I'm super pumped about that unique opportunity. Um, last thing I want to talk about before we dig into this conversation is, a, as you see, I have my hoist and my coffee here. If y'all didn't know, hoist pairs really well with coffee. Have y'all tried that yet? It really does. If you take a sip of hoist and a sip of coffee, and it, it actually um, keeps you, uh, you know, coffee dehydrates you. That's so, a myth. If you take a sip of hoist and then take a sip of coffee, you, you're staying even. Neutral ground. In terms of your hydration. <laughs> I'd rather just drink hoist. Just skip the coffee. No, you don't drink coffee for some reason. We're going to have to change that. Well, Chili needed that IV level hydration after after that 800 meter. Yeah, and I got me some too. You'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you guys don't know, uh, hoist is our partner hydration partner here at 307 Project. Uh, we actually have been using Hoist now for, what, probably probably like three months. Yeah. Um, it's an awesome product. 
it beats the heck out of other hydration supplements out there like um you know your sports drinks and gatorades and all, it's just it, with all the sugar and nastiness in it uh hoist is actually got way less sugar um it's actually got calcium in it potassium magnesium uh it tastes great and doesn't have any artificial preservatives it's just a lot better for you and it works all right it works. It's going to keep you hydrated, keep you going, and uh, they're great people too. Everybody that we have worked with since we partnered with Hoist are just good, solid Americans. And speaking of American, by the way, Hoist is made in America, and they support our military. Uh, that's actually the first time I ever saw a Hoist product was probably um, in a NEX, which is the gas station on military bases. Um, I remember seeing hoist in there. I didn't know what it was back then. And then the first time we got a chance to really use it was at 29029 when Chili and I were out there coaching. And um, that's what led us to them. So check them out, man. Go get you some hoist. Yeah. You, can, you can actually get a subscription on their website where they just send this stuff to your house once a month mm -hmm. and you're good to go. And I'll say, too, a lot of people drink it after they're done, which is great. I would do that. But it's also, I, I mean, it's ratioed out the electrolytes to be, it's a it's a during workout drink. Like, I would mix it in a bottle or put it in a bottle to yeah. drink while I'm doing a long run or something. I mean, it. it mix it with coffee. Yeah. No, it, it works really well. I mean, for performance, I think it's the best out there that I've tried. Check them out. Drinkhoist.com. We will attach a a pro code in the show notes of this episode to give you a discount if you decide to get you some hoist support the companies that support this podcast it helps us and we vet the companies that we partner with to make sure they're good companies that we want to do business with and uh, if you're listening to this podcast you probably have a lot of the same values that we have so there you go drinkhoist.com thank you hoist for partnering with us and keeping us hydrated while we go and do all of our crazy stuff. Good morning, Krista. You haven't said a word on the podcast yet. Not yet. What the world's going on over there? Just listening. Mm. She only chimes in when it counts, you know. <laughs> yeah, she really does. Well, we do a lot of babbling. You know, while while we're while we're on the topic of running, I, I wanna I wanna talk about something real quick and as it pertains to running. Because I think it's a hot, I think there's a lot of people, Tilly said a lot of people are wondering if I'm going to come back and race at the Mid-State Mile again this year. And, uh, you know, I'm on the fence, man. I've won that race two years in a row. Uh, and I'm on the fence. I mean, how many times am I going to have to go back and win the freaking thing for y'all to understand that nobody can beat me there? How many, I mean, how many times do I need to do that? So, I want to get y'all's opinion. Should I go go race at the Mid-State Mile this year or not? <laughs> it's up to you. Don't ask me. Well, what do y'all think about it? Do you think it's worth it, Chili? <laughs> Don't ask me. I mean, that's up to you. Well, I know you have an opinion on it. I don't, it? I don't have an opinion on whether you should or shouldn't. I know what I would do if I were you. Okay, what would you do? Tell the people, what would you do? 
No. That's an opinion when you tell somebody what you would do if you were them. <laughs> if you if you were me, if you were me, what would you do? Uh, For real, man. Nobody needs to know what I think. For real, dude. Tell tell us. No. What the crap, man? He's shutting down on you. Uh, Krista, what, what, what do counsel. you think about it? I'd have to think about what my motivations are, why I'd be doing it. I'd have to have a good why. Why do you? Why don't you say why you are on the fence? What What makes you want to do it? And what about it? Are you kind of like, man? I don't. I'm not going back this year. Um, you know, it's not to me. Last year, well, both years that I've went out and did that race. When the race ends, I haven't even been anywhere close to being done. Right. Like, not even close. Right. And last year I ran 38 hours. I don't think there's anybody that's showing up. That, I mean, I don't think that there's there is a, there's not enough evidence of anybody this year that's showing up that's going to exceed 38 hours. Right. So I mean, it's just not interesting to me. Well, I mean, yeah, you're, 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 you both times, you didn't get to the end of where you where you – your limits were, which no one can dispute that because you won both times. Like, but that's like, the definition of not reaching your limit at a race like that. Um, and so basically, you're, I think you view it as like, I don't want to go do that type of race again until I think there's a legitimate shot that I could reach that. So I get that. I mean, that... You know, I mean, of course, someone would be like, well, you don't, you never know, you know, someone might push you farther than you think. But yeah, I mean, I totally get that. Yeah. So that's, that's the main, the main thing that's got me on the fence. Well, why do you want to do it? Uh, why do, what, why would I want to do it? Um, just because I know I would have fun. Yeah. I know I would have fun. I mean, I always have fun doing it. So I know it would be a fun weekend, but I just wonder if it wouldn't be better for the race to have a year without me. And and let's see where it goes while I'm not there. And if one of you guys want to show a good performance, then maybe I'll come back the next year. I mean, I don't, I, that's just where my mind's at, but I'm not dead set on that. I mean, another reason that, that I have thought about running is because I haven't been training for the Mid-State Mile at all. And it's a little enticing to think, can I go and beat everyone with no training? Yeah, it'd be like year one. Well, yeah, I didn't train year one either. I mean, you trained, but not specifically for Yeah, it. I had no clue I was going to run that race, but. Yeah, it, that so that kind of interests me. Like, all these people have been putting in all these freaking crazy miles and training weeks, and can I go beat them without any training? Yeah, so. well, you, uh, I think you're fitter than you were two years ago. I am overall more well rounded, yeah, than I was two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I can actually do like 30 or 40 push ups now. <laughs> well, you can still go up there and just. Why don't you go find who you think would do the best and crew them and see how far you can push them. And if they can go that far, then next year you can compete against them. No. 
Bad idea, Blake. <laughs> so I think Chili's voting no. On what? What would you vote? I was voting no on that. <laughs> Should I go run? And now that you've heard a little bit of my, what's in my head. Why? What a bad idea. I don't know. I would say no, just because you don't sound like your heart's really there. And to me, I'd have to have kind of my heart behind it. Mm-hmm. So, What about you, Blake? I'd say no. The only reason you want to go is just see if you can beat people on no training. That's pretty weak. Chad just can't get excited about nothing. <clears throat> you should yeah, focus on the pin hoodie if that's what you yeah, want to do this you, year. You sh- well, not, not if you can't get excited about it. You should go to what just freaking stirs up in your loins. I, you know I, what I'm saying? I do think you, you, need to, you need to have a goal because I f- feel like you're kind of aimless right now. You, need, you yeah. need to be focused on something. And it, this may not be it, but it needs to be something. No, this ain't it. Man, she just called you out. No. I, I just think you, need, I think you should do what excites you. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it don't excite you, then like, no, sir. And if you go win it, if it doesn't mean a lot to you, not that you would do it because it means something to anybody else, but they'd be like, oh, well, yeah, of course Chad won it. He's won it the past two years. So go do something different if you want to challenge yourself. Yeah, I, and I do feel a little excitement around um, doing the Penhody Trail FKT this fall. I'm starting to feel a little excitement around that. Well, you're supposed to do it last year. I know, man. That it's so. It's so. I, I don't. I don't. It's hard to figure out how to manage the training and the planning. That's going to go into that alongside the amount of work that we have to manage. I mean, that, that's like, I'm so conflicted there. It, it, I'm because you, st- you start trying to plan something like that a week out. Why don't you start thinking about, <laughs> why don't you start thinking about it a, a little earlier and then just chip away at the plan? That way you have it together, and then you can be like, all right, then we're executing here. Well, you got to have it. You're essentially putting on a race and running it. So you got to have people help you plan it, and you just focus on training. I ain't gonna help you plan it, but I'll pace you. Okay, I'll pace you the whole way till the last mile. Basically, Chili said he's gonna do what he wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pace you the whole way until the last mile. I'll just peel off, and you just finish solo. Well, I'm I'm starting to feel some excitement around that, so that might be the way I go this fall. Or we'll just race. Ah, uh, that would be fun too. That'd be that would be an interesting race. It would. Yeah, you've tried to get him to do that before. Remember, he wouldn't commit to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I that think would at, be interesting. I think at W he got it that that eight hundred give him a little bit of confidence and it's starting to build his confidence back up. <laughs> yeah. Now we were talking Encourage about him. we were talking about this about three months ago. Well, he don't like to plan. I do not like to plan. I just like to show up. I know. I just like to show up and do what I know how to do. Why don't we get someone to do all the planning for us for that? And then we do. You want to plan that I out for us? I knew you were going to ask me. <laughs> how, how about how about? It's not even planning. It's it's really just non-committal. No, you like to commit to things too far out. Mm-hmm. No, come on. We'll, no, I'll commit to it. We'll put a date in October. Have someone <laughs> have someone plan it, and then you and me can just show up. I'll commit to it. I I'll put in the work. 
Well, so I know you will, but set the dates and commit to it, and then we'll get it planned. Is I mean, it, what do you think? It, you're going to plan is it, it supported? Right? Yes. Then you, then Blake, y- y'all two, and me and my dad. Okay. We're running guns, son. How much would it cost to get you to plan that for me, Krista? I don't know. We can talk about it later. <laughs> well, I don't want a nav either. I don't want, I just want to. Just to set the FKT, go. yeah, you're going to have to have somebody keep mm-hmm. you on course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that. Uh, I, I do want to, I do, because the Mid-State Mile is coming up, and uh, Krista, by the way, we're going to talk about the important things that we learned on the, the basic course, but mm-hmm. for, for some people, um the important thing right now is a race that's coming up, specifically the Mid-State Mile, and I think a lot of people are interested in that race. And so I just want to, I just want to go around the horn at least with Blake and Chili because you guys have been there, and I want you guys to give um, any advice that you have from what you've seen out there. Chili's ran the race and watched the race. Blake, you've been there with me the whole time last year. Uh, let's give some advice to the runners on how to do well out there. How to do well at the Mid-State Mile. I want to give some advice there. Hmm. Um, I guess uh, do well. I mean, people have so many different goals, you know, and and – some people go and they don't have any any thought of winning, you know, but I, I guess I will give two different pieces of advice. If if you even in there's an inkling in your mind that, hey, I might I can win this, then then don't screw around. Like don't 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 be cute and do a fast lap here and show off for people. Don't, don't I mean, you're either if you're going to try to do that at all, try to do it. And, and don't don't screw around like like you're not putting on a show you're not making friends you're not you're trying to win so if you're gonna do that run I mean it's up to you what what is your most efficient lap time you know 17 to 19 minutes probably there's really hardly any deviance out of that would be would 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 work so whatever that is for you, and and be as consistent as you can and uh and well, i want i want to talk about that real quick okay. before you move on okay. to your next piece of advice um the reason that people screw around the reason that people end up uh running a fast lap uh or deviating from the plan you're gonna say impatient well they get bored yeah is what it is that their mind their mind is not trained enough to follow the plan that they know is going to eventually work. They get bored because their mind isn't trained well enough to continue on that path for that amount of time. So boredom kind of goes hand in hand with impatience. I figured out mid-sentence how I wanted to word that. You you can't have multiple goals at mid-state or any last-man standing race. If your goal 
or one of your goals is to win, that can be your only goal. You can't be like, oh, I want to win, but I'm also going to try to do some fast laps, or I want to win, but I also want to do this. or this. No, it has to be win. That's it. Yes. If you have any other thing that you're going to try to accomplish there, you will not win. You also can't say, I want to win, Yeah. but my... But my second goal is if I get a hundred miles, I'll be happy. That's what I'm saying, man. You can't be like, well, I want to get a hundred miles and you know, like maybe if I feel good at the end, I want to win. Nope. You won't do it. it and, and if, and my, that goes hand in hand with my advice for someone who doesn't want to win. But I mean, basically someone who's new to running, if they're there, you know, I mean, they shouldn't think they're going to win. It's just, that's not reality. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, you shouldn't put yourself down or be negative, but if you've never ran a marathon before, don't think you're going to go to Mid-State and win. But also, don't place limits on yourself. Don't say, I'm going to get 40 miles or I'm going to get 50 miles. Just say, I'm going to go as far as I can. Mm-hmm. Like Because if, if you say, <laughs> you may get to 40. You may do it. But guess what? You're done then. And you may could get 50 or 60. Why, wouldn't that be better? I mean, why not do that? You know, I mean, yeah, that limitate that mileage goal. That's a death sentence. Yeah. Well, because some people, they don't have any, they don't really care about this notion of going as far as you can. Well, sign up for a 50 miler then like that ain't what a last man standing race is for. It's for you to go as far as you can go. How many runners actually go as far as they can? Uh, none that I've ever seen in my life at any last man standing, including you or the winners, because you didn't get pushed as far. As you could have. Yeah. I mean, you, you went as far as you pushed harder and went as far as you could within the bounds of the race, but they make you stop. So nobody has ever that I've ever You've seen. You've never seen a runner go as no. far. So, so, and someone will be, oh, I saw, you know, Harvey Lewis and Courtney DeWalter go 280 miles. Man, if you can walk out of there at the end, which they all do, you didn't go as far, far as you could. I don't freaking believe it. I don't believe it. And, I, and I'm holding the scrutiny as harder on myself than them. I mean, trust me, I never. But as far as you can means that you're like almost dead. I mean. Or crippled. I don't, you know, it's, it's, kind of the, it's kind of a question of you can apply it to anything. If you run a mile on the track and people get done and they collapse and they go, man, I was as fast as I could have went. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one ever reaches their potential. But I think it's important to acknowledge that you will always fail. You will never run. You will never go as hard as you really could have. You'll never run as fast as you can, but to keep chasing it. There was a decathlete named uh, Ashton Eaton. He had the world record in the decathlon, which is like, I mean, I consider that he was probably the best athlete in the world at the time. Uh, and... He said, I spent, he retired young. Uh, he doesn't have the world record anymore, I don't think. But he, I remember he said something to the effect at the end of when he retired of like, they asked him, you know, do you think you found your potential? Or, you know, your max. And he said, no. But I'm, but basically I've done, you know, I trained hard for 10 years. I did what I set out to do in the sport and I'm, I'm retired. But no, I didn't, you know, I don't think I could ever fully max it all out. And, and I think that's right. I think that applies to everybody. And I think the only way that that you can fail is to is to just quit trying to quit trying to improve. 
you know, and um, I think that applies at, at Mid-State. I think, and, and every last man standing, no one's going to reach, no one's really going to push as hard as they can. And and I think it's actually bad to think that you did because you're lying to yourself. Yeah. You're deluding yourself. This is what happens. Uh, and I, I, I want to say I agree with you. Almost no runner goes as hard or as far as they can go. What happens is people run until they get tired of running. And that's what takes them out of the race. Simply, they're, they're just tired of running. And and then they start to talk themselves out of running. Yeah, it's a, they, it's they, a negotiation. Yeah, they start to say, ah, my quads are cramping up. Ah, my stomach hurts. Ah, I've got all these different issues that I'm having to manage. And then eventually they go out on their what what ends up being their last lap. And they intentionally, whether they know it or not, they may not even, it may be a subconscious thing, but they intentionally don't finish the lap because they're just tired of running. Well, and, it, and you go, oh, well, I mean, I, I didn't make it back. I mean. That's what everyone says. Yeah, well, I just didn't make it back. You know, I got timed out. I would have kept going. I would have, but it's like, nah. Well, I, I mean, I would disagree and say that all of them went as far as they could go, except the one who wins. It just the limiting factor wasn't in their physical body. Because if they could have went farther or wanted to, they would yep. have. But it maybe it's their mind that's weak. To say that your physical body limited you, you would have to pass out, like snap your leg in half, it, die. You would have to do something <laughs> and say, "Well, yep, that joker went hard as he could. He ain't, he's dead." He couldn't. He literally couldn't have went any farther. But <laughs> they gotta haul you out of there in the freaking meat wagon. Yeah. But I mean, but the, all the other ones, they went as far yeah. as they could go. Their mind was, or something else was limiting factor. You know, if there. all these people reach a point to where they quit, there is a an, an, a way to word that to where it's like, well, yeah, they went as far as they could go because mentally they just couldn't keep going anymore. Yeah. But like, they had it within them to keep going. They just didn't pull on that you know physically they did yeah like it's a weird but in a way yeah they went as far as they could i mean that's just all they had yeah you know on that day but they yeah and i i just i think people are way too soft on themselves way too soft on Mm -hmm. themselves man pat yourself on the back they got a new record it's like you freaking softy you quit hours before you could have been done you don't shouldn't be freaking proud of that the the reason and the reason that I know this uh, is true, what we're talking about here, in that you don't go as far as you can go. You you go you go as far as your mind is trained enough to take you. Um, because I've actually experienced this. The first last man standing race that I ever ran was called Bob's Big Timber, and uh, I went a hundred and thirty something miles. And so what had happened was, is this top, I'm bad about doing this, lacing my shoes too tight. It was real muddy that day, and I had laced my shoes really tight because the mud was sucking my shoes off my feet, and that top lace was really wearing on that big tendon in the front of my ankle. And when that thing started to get lit up and swollen, and it just wasn't working right, um, I wasn't willing to keep going and like, let that tendon be like become a debilitating long-term injury. Now we also weren't willing to just stop and retie your shoe in the break. Well, it was too late. Oh, okay. it was too late at that you. point. But but by the time I realized it, because I was kind of out of it, by the time I realized it, it was it was freaking swollen yeah. up, nasty. And and I 
and I went out on a loop. And to be honest with you, I intentionally didn't make it back on the loop. Whether I knew it or not in that moment, looking back at it now, I realize I made the decision. I'm I'm not going to keep running on this thing. And uh, could I have finished that loop? 100% yes. I could have finished that loop. And I could have went out on another loop. But my mind just told me that it's not worth it anymore. And so I didn't go as far as I could go. I've experienced that. Oh, I mean, yeah, 100%. Like the first year at Mid-State, I didn't go far at all. Yeah, you had a similar experience, didn't you? Well, the first year at Mid-State, I did it because everything was canceling. Yeah. I mean, I had all these big races lined up that I wanted to do. And then I I didn't want to do that. I mean, I had, you know, 100 miler I wanted to go run fast and was in shape to do it so it was really frustrating when it <laughs> when they kept canceling and then i'd find another one and it'd cancel and find another one and it'd cancel and then i was like well i'm gonna go do that because it's you know it's what's available available and then there was something a few weeks two weeks after that was available uh as well and i was like that's what i really want to do it was a fast hundred and i was like mm. But I wasn't sure if it was, it hadn't canceled yet, but I wasn't sure if it was going to or not. So I was like, well, I, you know, this is available, so I better just do what I can get in. So I did mid-state um, because I was like, man, I just, I've got to try it. You know, it's the only thing that's happening. And then so I went and all I could think about the whole time was the race in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, if I go so far here, I won't be able to do that one, you know, and, and like, or, or give us, you know, I won't, I'll be too tired for that one. So I was like, mm, what do I do? So it was this constant pull. And that's why I gave that advice earlier to anybody who wants to win is you have to be singular focused. Don't be thinking about some other race that you want to do, you know, however far it is in the future. Think about the race you're in because I just kept thinking about the other one. So why did you eventually bow out of the race that year chili so talk me through what that last lap was like oh i mean i i was thinking about the other race the whole time but um i you know and i screwed around the whole time ran 10 minute laps seven minute lap you know just did stupid stuff um the whole time because i was like halfway between wanting to win honestly part of me i will tell you too i didn't think anyone could beat me no matter what i did I will say that. I also thought I could run eight-minute laps the whole time and no one could beat me still. I thought I was that far ahead of you and Greg and everybody. I mean, I really did. Yeah. You were tuned up. Yeah. And, you know, I at about, I don't know, 60 miles or something, I I mean, I just, the, the pace catches up to you, yeah. you know, and you just start not functioning well and everything else, and then you start going, ah, well, I don't want to go too far anyway because I've got this race in two weeks. Mm. And then, uh, you know, then my legs just, they just aren't functioning as well. And then then you end up not making it back by six seconds, which, what a freaking loser. I mean, (laughs) come on, man. And then... uh, You talked yourself out of it. Well, I mean, and then, you know, and then you're sitting there after... And you're like, 
that's such freaking bull crap. You know, I, I couldn't have got one more lap at least. I mean, and then, and then the the most beautiful part of this story, you know what it is? That race I was concerned about in two weeks later, it got canceled. Oh. How awesome is that? I mean, so like, don't, you know, what do they say? Um, those who chase two rabbits at once get none. Huh. That's exactly what I did. Exactly what I did. And that's a, another example of that too, was I signed up for a 24 hour race and I was trying to make the 24 hour national team, which the standard for that was 145 miles, which was well within my capabilities. I mean, I can't prove that cause I didn't end up doing it, but, and, uh, but it was on a flat course and I was like, man, I kind of would just like to use this for a fast hundred. So I basically tried to get both. So I went out way too hard for a 24 hour race and then killed that but then was still thinking I could do it and pulled back, which slowed down my hundred. So then I got neither. I ended up not running very fast for a hundred and then also not getting the standard on 24. Cause I ran, the, I've ran like the first 50 K in under four hours. And you know, so I blew up for 24 hours. So I chased two and got none. Mm. So I'm really trying to drive that home. If you run in mid state or any race that you're doing, don't, like that's got to be your main focus mm -hmm. has to be or else <laughs> you, you will not do well. And that doesn't mean you can't do a tune up race every now and then, you know, like if you run a marathon, do a half marathon a few weeks out as a tune up race, you know, when, when your main goal is the marathon, that's fine. But like whatever race you're doing, give your best on that and don't think about nothing else. Mm. That's how yeah. you get the most out of yourself. That's good advice. That's good advice. Do you think you could go and do well at the Mid-State this year? Oh, yeah. Why don't you go win it? I ain't got nothing to prove. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give, Blake? Well, I, I've i not ran it, so I can't give a whole lot of advice. But um, Well, you can give a lot of advice on the crew side of the house. Yeah, I mean, I, help runners out. I would say that it's important to have your nutrition figured out because – I see crew and Chad the whole time that there's no room for air. So if he comes in and eats something that messes his stomach up, then like it's over at that point because it takes so long and the laps are so fast, then there's no, there's no room for air. So I would think, you know, I would say you got to have that figured out coming into the race and then have your, your system set out and figured out how it's going to work because truly every, every second that you're in the corral there, it matters. And so having the the cooler lid open have everything set out have your crew you know where they've got a plan together and you're not fumbling around and you don't have things organized in there you don't know where this is at because i mean i think if you're running however 38 hours times five second inefficiency at each stop that adds up and it, and that's a lot of rest that um that the runner could have been getting but they're not because you don't have all your mess figured out so um I mean, I, I those are those would be the things that stuck out to me. Are the minor inefficiencies in your crew when you come into the crowd to have all of that squared away because it'll compound if you're actually competitive and running it for a while, just like anything <clears throat> else. Well, four crews that are supporting runners in any race coming up uh, this summer fall, give give them your practical. Um, order of events and how you ran it like practical not you know this is what this is how you did it 
Yeah, I would. Um, have, we would. We had what three or four or five people there, so I would have somebody out there watching to tell me when they saw you coming in. And since it was really hot, we had the the ice bucket with the towel in there, so I made sure that was in there. Once they saw you, I would pop the cooler lid and have the things that you wanted on the last lap sitting out on top. And you'd come in if you didn't want that. I would have some other things there uh, that I could get quickly. As soon as you sat down, we would put the towel on your head. You would eat what you wanted. I'd stick your hat in the ice in the cooler. And then, uh, yeah, you would eat. And I didn't worry about putting anything out or, you know, away until you were already down the road in case you wanted something else. So that was pretty much it. Knowing when you were coming in, having everything ready, knowing what you ate the last lap. If you didn't eat something for a couple laps, I'd stick it in the cooler and not even get it out, wasting time or space or making you think more like having multiple options out there. I just tried to keep it as simple as possible. Basically, my thoughts were to have some uh, some liquid with nutrients in it, some solid foods, cool you down, and send you out. So heat management, liquids, and food, and just keep it simple. Don't have a whole bunch of mess out there, just whatever you ate the last lap. Mm -hmm. How did you take care of yourself as a, as a crew member, uh, <laughs> as a crew chief? Yeah. The main thing was just sleep. I mean, food wasn't that much. I would snack. There was plenty of things there. Once I, when the night, I guess it was the first night, I would just set an alarm. So as soon as you left out, you were so consistent with your laps, I would set an alarm for about three minutes before you would come in. So that usually, I would set it for like maybe 11 minutes or something like that, 11 or 12 minutes. And uh, so I would just, I could basically go to sleep instantly. I would just sit down in the chair, set the alarm. It would go off and I would get up, kind of get my, my head about me. And then I, we would just repeat the process. So we had Jeff go get us some food and things like that. The, through the day, it's not that hard. There's a bunch of people there. And there are still some people there at night. But I think it's important to have people more than just you if you're going, especially that race to crew, that you need at least two other people there. Like one person just helping do things, running to the store if you need to get something. But then also there just to carry on conversation and keep you up because it gets it gets pretty tiring being up for you know 40 hours and uh, doing the same thing over and over but once you get into your cycle you just you just roll through the motions so it might take a few laps to figure out what works for you but you do that in the early times when the runner's not as tired then you've got it nailed down and so it just began like I felt like I was in the twilight zone or something for a <laughs> while and it was mm -hmm. like you know set my alarm sleep wake up get the food out here he comes towel hat He's out, food up, go to sleep. Just keep doing the same thing. Don't don't try anything new. If it's working, just keep using it and keep it simple. Mm -hmm. I like that. Well, my advice. Oh, hold on. One more thing. When, when the race is over, it's not quite time to shut down if you're still taking care of, uh, of other people. I went and shut down <laughs> a little bit early. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, once I had one. Once I had accomplished the, the it was time for race, you to take back over. This choker decided his job was done, and so he went and laid down in the back of the suburban, and I set up with the the film crew and yeah. gave like an hour long interview, and um, I got done with that, and by that point I had turned off too, and I go. 
I'm, I'm walking back to the suburban to leave, and my mom's with me. And mom says, "Oh, we're not we're not going to get a hotel in town tonight. We're just going to drive all the way back home." And I'm like, "For real? You 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 think that I'm going to sit in this car, ride in this car for four and a half hours after what I just did? No, we're we're going to get a hotel." And so, of course, mom, she's not good at finding hotels and or, or even driving a at large night. vehicle at night. <laughs> so we get in the vehicle, and I'm like, Blake, you need to find us a hotel. And he, he literally is like gone, dude. He can't do anything. He's useless. You can't wake him. I couldn't wake him up. It's like at Little America. Yeah, I couldn't get him to come back too to like get his brain to start working again. I needed the sternum rub. <laughs> that juggle was out, son. Yeah, that was, I mean that was a lesson learned to uh, not turn off till it's done. I mean at at forty hours once once you're like once you decide all right this he's they he, they're gonna give him an interview and I've been up for forty and I was like. Well, if he wants to talk, he can, but I'm freaking done. That's the longest you'd ever been up, isn't it? Yeah. And so I said, if he wants to give an interview, he can go give it, but I'm going over here to catch me a quick nap. <laughs> quick but a, nap. a quick nap don't happen when you've been up for that long. And so, I mean, you know, it's just a lesson learned that when the when the mission is accomplished, it's not always that the mission's over. And so you, especially if you're, um, you know, take, crewing or whatever, whatever you're doing, then it's really on you to make sure to stay locked on until the mission is over, not the mission is accomplished. So. Huh. I didn't realize you ever fell asleep during that race. Yeah, I would sleep for through that. It might have been the second night. All of them slept. RV Mike over there, he was just yeah. I would sleep out. about ten minutes, ten or ten or eleven minutes between each. You didn't sleep at all, did you, Chili? No, I was the only one there for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, my piece of advice for you guys, well, first of all, I'll make a statement. Most of y'all ain't mean enough to beat me. That's most of y'all's problem. You just too dang, you just too dang friendly. Uh, I'm not saying you ain't mean enough to win. Like you might win, but you ain't mean enough to beat me. Um, so I'll just go ahead and make that statement right off the bat. Uh, my advice is put blinders on. Don't look at what other runners are doing. Don't pay attention to where you are in the pack while you're running. Um, you run your race. You run your pace. And don't get sucked in to wanting to go a little faster so you can be with a different group of people and have a different conversation. You have to put blinders on. Um don't if you want to win i know this sounds brutal but this goes back to the statement i made earlier if you truly are there to win you're not there to make friends no you're you you just you just have you, you have to accept that you, you're not it's going to be a different type of race for you if you're there to win it's got to be you're not there to have conversation with people you're not there to encourage people you're you're not there to do any of that you're there to be a freaking machine that's all that is your only job is to be a machine. It is not fun when you run when you when you run a race to win. 
I said I'll have fun there because that's my style of fun. All right. But for most people, that's not fun. Most people enjoy racing and running because of the conversation, the camaraderie, the friendships, all that. I also enjoy that, but it's a different experience when you're there to win. So don't be talking. Don't be cutting up. Don't be doing all that. Don't be telling don't be telling your runner how many more miles, how many miles they've ran. <laughs> I didn't y'all misremember that. I told Darby. He said something, and I was like, 40 laps or whatever, and Jack goes, don't be freaking saying that. <laughs> I didn't tell him. Um, Gosh. So, by, by, by the way, y'all know last man standing, not the way mid-state is. That's a variation of the last man standing format, but it was created by Laz. And y'all understand something, right? He designed that so no one would leave happy no one would leave satisfied no one would really win he designed it so everyone would fail and so everyone would basically leave with a bitter taste in their mouth Mm -hmm. because you either are soft and pull out too early or you win and don't really get to go as far as you could either because they make you stop i mean it, it's it's not des- people people use it as a oh I'm gonna get my first ultra in I'm gonna get and I mean I'm sure a lot of race directors probably promote that because they want more people to come out but that ain't what it's for it's for everybody to try to win and to try to go as long as they can yeah and you shouldn't be pr- I mean <laughs> you shouldn't be proud of yourself after that race I mean if you win that's one thing that that's hey. But if you, you still shouldn't be satisfied, you shouldn't be, you know, but, but if you, yeah, if you don't win, don't be proud of yourself and leave it to last to create a format that is intentionally made to make people leave dissatisfied. The yeah. Dude's a genius. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was something. Yeah. Um, leads me into my next piece of advice. Not only don't pay attention to what, where you are in the pack, don't pay attention to how far you have ran. Don't count your laps. You, you should literally you should literally never have an idea of how far you've ran. Never. You you should all you should ever focus on is the lap that you have to run. Well the just one mile thing is not just a cliche. I mean it literally is an individual race every time. Every lap is its own individual race. It's not a race. It's a hundred or hundred and thirty or two hundred individual races. Yep. I mean, that's not just a cliche. That's actually what it is. Yep. So don't think wear, of it any other don't way. Don't wear your stupid GPS watch. All you dummies with GPS watches, turds. Um, don't wear it. Wear just an old G-Shock watch. All right. And when you start, hit your timer, your your stopwatch. Right. And that's all you should see. And after every loop, just reset that thing. All right? And you probably check to where you're at, you know, be at the same place in 10 minutes every time or whatever. You get little markers on the course, a little rock here, a little stick on the trail, and you know, okay, boom, I'm on my stopwatch. I should be passing this little rock that's on the side of the trail. Yeah, you work that out. Um, And then the foundation of it all is 
being patient enough, not not getting bored, right? Being patient, uh, staying present. People ask me, people struggle so hard with this concept of staying present. They ask me all the time, what does that look like? Like, how do you stay present? Well, it's it's self-awareness is what it is. That's It's the foundation of it is self-awareness because when your mind starts to drift too far ahead or it starts to drift to something that you shouldn't be thinking about, most people aren't self-aware enough to even realize that's happening. And it just keeps drifting and drifting and, they, and then they end up somewhere that they shouldn't even be in their mind. Well, most people like it. Yeah, most you, people you, like it. You know you're doing it. You don't really, um, I mean, you might can, but you know you're doing it, but you like it. You go, oh, I'd rather think about, back to what we said earlier, that race I've got in three weeks yeah, or six hours till we hit 100 miles Mm -hmm. or this and that. Like, you like to do it. So It's something in the human nature that likes to do that. Staying present is is not doing that. And if you have some kind of intrusive thought or whatever, like where it just comes into your head, I mean, think about something else. Think about the lap you're on. Yeah. I think it's because we occupy our minds so much. So we want, you know, like you want something to entertain you. And at the point it's the race is no longer entertaining. It's like bored and you're over it. Then you think, well, what what would be entertaining for me to think about? And mm-hmm. and so you bring a new thought up and then you get to thinking about that. And I mean, that's got to contribute to it. Well, I will say too, if you get real bored, you ain't cut out to win. Because that shouldn't be boring. It's, I mean, that's that. That's when you're most. I mean, that that that's the game, man. Like, yeah, man. But so many people's minds are just so untrained, man. They're just so untrained, just and they a, don't even know it. Like, even people that that consistently do hard stuff, their minds are still just untrained. So, what does it look like for me to be present? It looks like me being self-aware enough to, as soon as I identify that my mind is drifting to something other than what the task is that's right in front of me. I recognize it, so I have an awareness of it. I recognize it, and then I literally just say out loud to myself, Chad, stay present. Chad, stay present. I say that to myself out loud, and that's all it looks like. Why do you all think this is so freaking confusing? It's as simple as that. That's how I stay present. I think an aspect to that, too, is breaking things down into small bits, which is something you talk about as well. And I know I did that this morning when we were working out because I I started with, okay, I know I have to run, do 12 laps, basically. And so I didn't want to think about how many laps we had to go. I have 12 to go. So I broke it down into small pieces like, you know, I think you said you thought of it in thirds today. And so, and then I even have to be self-aware enough to know when that's not working because I had it in my mind in thirds as well. And then when I started to struggle a little bit, I had to break it smaller mm-hmm. and then I had to break it smaller to the point where in that last third, I was breaking it down to a hundred meters at a time, yep. like just a hundred meters. And so you can even start with one mindset or one goal or one um, way of breaking it down. And and what I kept telling myself is the phrase I use is stay here, stay mm. here. So same thing as stay present, stay here, stay right here. And I had to tell myself to 
to just focus on that movement I was on and not think about anything else. And then 100 meters, nothing else. Air squats, nothing else. And and you know if you do that, you will get there eventually. Yes. But it, you have to be very patient in that. And But that's a strategy, a practical strategy to help you stay present too is because the closer you bring it in, I think about like <laughs> casting a fishing line and then I have to tell myself to reel it in, reel it in, bring it closer, bring it closer. <laughs> because if I let that line get out too far, you know, I, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't have a sense of what's happening. And so I got to, I got to bring it in, bring it closer. So, mm-hmm. and sometimes I have to do that in the middle of whatever the task is that's at hand. I have to change it and say, okay, that's not working. What's going to work? <laughs> the harder it gets, the smaller, smaller you have to yeah, break it down. That's, that's right. exactly right. Mm-hmm. This is one of, one of, if not the most important uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. That that anyone can implement. Anybody that gets anywhere, either in life or workout, they are doing that, even if they don't know they're doing it. Yeah. You you have to do that. Yeah, if you're gonna go any distance, doing anything hard. I am I I am just so daggone sick of people that think there's a secret. I am so sick of people that think that this is some complex, complicating thing to be able to do something really really long and hard it is so freaking simple that's the secret it, it is so simple all right yeah. it's just your mind is untrained because you've lived a, a freaking cushy life yeah that that's the that's the reality of it yeah well i'll say too i think that probably will help more people than because I don't know that many people will relate to the, the like me saying you have to have a singular focus. I mean, I think I think you can relate to that by not just blocking out races, you know, that you might want to do also, but blocking out anything, literally anything that that might distract you from your singular goal of winning or going as far as you can. And part of what helps you do that is doing one step at a time yeah i mean that's part of what helps you do that so like what would my mind drift to in the middle of a hard lap on the mid-state mile it it might drift ahead to man i'm gonna get to change my socks when i get off of this lap like that's me not staying present or the intermissions yeah Yeah, yeah. something that simple or yeah you're exactly right maybe we're an hour out from from a 20 minute intermission yeah and maybe my mind's drifting to that so I'm not drifting days or months ahead. I'm literally talking about when I catch my mind drifting to anything other than where I am on the course that moment, I stop it. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Staying singularly focused is literally fu- foolproof. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's the secret. I mean, there is a secret. It, it's staying on that. But it's simple. Yeah. It's simple. And it requires work. That's the oh, yeah. secret people want is... What can what I doesn't do require work without requiring oh much work? Gosh. Yeah, to yeah. get. I mean, it's that. What's that quote you told me yesterday um, about? Doing oh, yeah. Fo- focus on one thing. Put all your energy into one thing for the next six months and see what happens. That's yeah. That's what I'm driving home. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that to say that it works whether you're exercising or in business or even in relationships 
I, I think it, it. Yeah, I think about that. I, you know, you guys, we're we're all working on um, the YouTube channel. We're having a lot of fun with it, and I think, man, what would happen if we took the next six months and put all we had into that YouTube channel? It would explode. Yeah. It would be the best freaking YouTube channel on earth. I'm not saying we're going to do that. I'm just saying we could do that, right? I, you know, what would happen if we took everything we had and put it into the podcast? It would be, it'd be, un, it would be 10 times in six months. It'd be 10 times better than it is now. It, it would work. We just got to decide what that one thing Well, one it thing doesn't is. mean you can't multitask or you can't have multiple goals, but you kind of can't. Like, at a time, I mean, you, you really have to have the one that you are focusing on. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's it's really hard to be like, I'm going to try to do this, this, and this as good as I can at the same time. Like, they just, man, they, they you fall short. Well, the danger for me is I had a meeting with a, a good friend, all of our, he's he's all of our friend. Um, he actually owns the place where we work out. Uh, I had a meeting with him yesterday, and we talked about how we, both of us, are project-oriented. That's a very dangerous uh, thing because we get the ball rolling on something, and it it becomes sustainable, and, and it's good. It's good. And so then we're like, okay, well, now we got to add something. And then we end up having a bunch of stuff that's really good but how much better could it could e any one of those pieces be right well that's why i've always said just with anything is do you want to be good at a wide array of things or great at one thing look at this guy man <laughs> are you all right yeah good god <laughs> what <laughs> thought he went full retard on us there for a minute oh blake and his bad ideas <laughs> <laughs> Get them, Krista. Um, uh, As we were saying, focusing. Is that what we're talking about? Focusing? Yeah. Focusing. <laughs> um, all right. And the, and the uh, last, I the, what I was saying. The, la the, la the last one. The, uh, you guys, if you've trained with us, you, you know how to implement these things now. But the last one is being deliberate and out on the Mid-State Mile, being deliberate about every step you take. The, the way you tie your shoes, the way you take a dump on the side of the trail, the way you, every single bit of fuel you put in your mouth, um, everything, it ha you have to be deliberate about it. You can't, you can't ever have a moment where you just run by and you grab a handful of Oreos because they're just there on the table and, and you decide to eat them because they look good in the moment. You can't do that, man. You have to be deliberate about everything. Well, I guess it's time to shut this unit down. Chili's got to regain composure. <laughs> yeah, what the crap, dude? I'm just, every time I look at him, I'm just laughing. Old finger painter over there. <laughs> <laughs> what was I doing? I don't know. I think you just had your hands on your face in a strange uh, way. It's kind of hot in here. <laughs> well, it usually is. You're in charge of the AC unit. Well, I'm in charge of everything around You're here, so anything that goes wrong is all Blake's fault. <laughs> This place would go under yeah. real quick if it wasn't for Blake. He's got to start having <laughs> better <is> ideas. <laughs> I mean, it'd go, it'd tank. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Well, um, I uh, I hope you guys got something out of the conversation, especially if you're running the Mid-State Mile. Uh, I hope you 
um, could take something away from this. I hope you implement it in the race. I might see you guys there on race day. I might run. Nah. No, I might. Nah. Still, still, there's still a part in me that I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence right now. So I might see y'all there. Um, looking forward to it either way, seeing what happens. Love you guys. Enough said.